Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's uh, right about quarter to seven in the morning. And uh, there's a little flicker of light on the horizon as the sun struggles to come up. School trip for the Streets Ahead team. I am about to cycle up to St Pancras Station uh, where I'm going to meet Laura and jump on a train, go up to Nottingham, where we all meet up with Adam. Well, it's very early. Well, actually, it's not that early. And um, I'm uh, heading to the station to meet Ned to go to Nottingham. Yeah, got my bike ready. And um, off we go. I'm going to go and hire an electric car. I'm using a peer-to-peer hiring system. And that means I'm hiring another person's car that they don't use enough. Taking my Brompton there, it's about a mile away. Hello and welcome to Streets Ahead. Laura and I have come from London on our various different ways. We have jumped on a train from St Pancras to Nottingham. Adam has hired an electric car from his house in Warwickshire, rural Warwickshire, and driven across. We've all met up here in Nottingham, and we are going to do what precisely in Nottingham, do you think? We are firstly going to do scootering, e-scootering. We've gone to see our friends at Super Pedestrian, who are replacing the current Nottingham e-scooter fleet with their Link scooters and uh, let me tell you there's been one million e-scooter rides in Nottingham that is uh, that's pretty amazing yeah huge number yeah we're gonna ride the scooters we're gonna have a go on the scooters uh, we're gonna ride our bikes we're gonna see what the bike lanes are like I know that they've been doing a lot of emergency active travel stuff in Nottingham some of which has been made permanent uh, they've got trams they've had a workplace parking levy which which has helped pay for the trams and it seems like they're trying some stuff. And we're literally going to follow in the footsteps and the, the wheel rotations of, of, Boris the, of Boris Johnson. Which is something. So we're on the campus of Nottingham University. Very nice here, very snazzy. Um, there's quite a few cycle lanes, a lot of people walking and, and cycling. And we are 
here to try the new Link e-scooters by Super Pedestrian. Now, the e-scooters in Nottingham have been very successful, as I mentioned, over a million journeys. They're currently the wind e-scooters, but the, the Link ones are going to be new and a, and a substantial upgrade, which is exciting. Uh, Ned, have you ridden an e-scooter in a while? Are you excited to have a go? 2019 in Paris, I rode one of the Lime scooters quite badly. But no, I am looking forward to sort of seeing what, because these ones are supposed to be quite smart, smart scooter sort of thing. I'm looking forward to having a go at that. And they are amazing. I mean, even in the couple of years since I last got on an e-scooter, the technology's come so fast, isn't it? Like only yesterday we, was, we were in London and we were just pooling along on our bikes, me and one of my family members, and we got overtaken by a guy on a scooter going i swear he was going close to 50 miles i mean he was in a 30 mile an hour zone he was doing nearly 50 he shot past us on it was terrifying but on the other hand it was kind of massively impressive as well thinking these things are amazing just clarify your one will be limited to 15 and a half miles an hour today laura when was that time you rode a scooter i think it was also in paris actually Uh, in 2020 yeah, um, yeah. Me and my boyfriend went scootering round, and that was that was the last time. I did I did think about going on one of the ones in London, but they they seem to all converge in Canary Wharf, which was a bit of a journey for me. Yes. So yeah, they all seem to end up there if you yes. look on the map. Great. Well, let's give these uh, Link scooters a go because they're not quite rolled out yet. We're uh, gonna give it a go in a car park, which is probably best for everybody's safety. I am about to scoot now, so I've got my thumb on a throttle here and I've got my knees bent because my toes bent my knees I'm on this Link um, scooter going around a hotel car park being chased by Adam and Laura who are receiving intense instruction from the uh, scooter instructors just making sure you're doing this safely we're going we're going oh yes yeah you get used to it after a while don't you it's a bit sketchy at first but then you kind of get used to it now the braking yep brakes work woohoo woohoo Feels quite fast, doesn't it? <laughs> I've been caught by Laura with Adam not too far behind. I'm gonna have to pull away. I'm gonna undertake. Oh no! Oh, that's very good. Oh. Yeah, got it now. Oh, it goes quite fast, doesn't it? Thank you very much. That's what I want to hear. I've just been complimented on my scooting style, which I don't think you've been, Adam. Well done, Ned. It's all about the legs. I always thought you were like either regular or fakey, like on a skateboard, but apparently not. He's also just called me young man, which is uh, outstanding work. <laughs> <laughs> See what happens. Yeah, we just. That is very good. The other model, that will continue going. It stops quite quickly, actually, quickly. after you no, take your thumb off. That's the difference between a Tesla. <laughs> Most I ever spent in a car was three hundred and sixty pounds. Let's go back to the ground. Back up to the starting position. Can't catch her. Oh, oh, you're right. Over a pebble. Back there. Emergency stops. Spin yourself round. Spin yourself round. Keep going, don't stop. Don't stop. Press the brake. Press the brake. Excellent. Yeah, we stopped. Didn't say stop. Carry on, please. You haven't been.
police officer, have you? You're under the care of Scoop Excellent Quite fun, isn't it? It's just us three messing around on the scooters now, isn't it? Oh. You're not. Yeah, your legs are too straight. I never thought I wouldn't be qualified to ride an e-scooter. I'm the model student here. You're looking very. I don't. You're not looking relaxed. Oh really? No. You're bolted up right. You haven't got the flexibility and the sheer panache of my riding stuff. Yeah, you do have a great, great panache. Great, great deal of panache. Bless. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not the rocket mistake, man. It sounds it. Don't know these things about your body. Don't know these things about your body. Not the take situation. Oh, it's quite fast around that corner. Right. That's great. Oops, sorry, nearly ran you over there. Did it stop? When it's all rough. Yeah. Oh, it's my eyes streaming. Oh, Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, they're great things. <laughs> We're in Nottingham. We're outside a, a bike shop called the Bike Lounge, which if you're not from Nottingham, you might not have heard of. You might have seen uh, in the media last year, it was where the Prime Minister launched the gear change announcement back in July 2020. We're back uh, 18 months later to see how it's all going. And we're going to go for a bike ride. We're going to follow in the footsteps of the Prime Minister and go on the bike ride that he did last year. And it's a special trail. Uh, we have no idea where we're going, uh, do we, Laura? No, we're just following We're following the mayor. We're following the mayor. Richard is the, the local mayor. Richard, full name and title, please. My name is Richard McRae. I'm a councillor in Broxtow, and I'm also the mayor of Broxtow this year. Richard, you're in, you're in your kit, you've got your, uh, got your bike, and you're going to take us where? Where are you going? Yeah, well, we're outside the bike lounge on Wollerton Road in Beeston, and then we're going to head through Beeston, through Beeston Rylands, and we're going down to the Canalside Heritage Centre, which is the start and the finish of the uh, big cycle track. What's it like cycling around here generally? I love it, but it needs to be made safer. So, I mean, over in Stapleford, which isn't far from here, we've got a fair few million pounds coming, which we're spending on improving the cycle network and that. It would be nice to see other areas doing the same thing, and I'm sure the government's got some money hiding down back of a settee somewhere. So, if they want to chuck some more money towards Broxtow, I'm sure everywhere would appreciate it, because we do need to make it safer. We need to get more people out, not just cycling, but walking as well. Absolutely. Right, well, take us... um Take us there, Ned. You've uh, you've got your solid tyres on your your Brompton. You're feeling fit? No, I'm absolutely exhausted and I'm quite intimidated by this Cannondale carbon fibre road bike we're going to be up against. There's a man with a bicycle with full size wheels. <laughs> yeah, oh. not <laughs> right. Um, speak to you soon. So we've just been on a, a little ride from the shop through Beeston. Mayor Richard's got a uh, got a bit of a bit of a sprint on him. He had uh, Ned, him and Ned in the breakaway about ten seconds, I reckon, at one and point. We blinked and they were off in the distance. Yeah, so. it's those full-size wheels are really uh, really pesky. Where where are we, Richard? And um, what's the, uh, the significance of, of this area and this new path? So we're in Beeston Rylands, and this is the Canal t- Canalside Heritage Centre, which is an amazing place in Beeston Rylands, still in Broxtow. And we're at the start and the finish of the big cycle track. You may have seen a few signs on the way down as we come through Beeston. 
unfortunately there's not many cycle tracks that's really usable um, I think we need more encouragement and especially when you get to the junction of Queen's Road there's no priority for cyclists and I think it's just little things like that that's going to encourage more people to come out on the bikes and get them down here Getting here seems nice, but it very much reinforces that cycling's uh, sort of like a leisure thing, doesn't it, really? Yeah, I, I take issue with you. Getting here wasn't nice, actually. No, it wasn't. It, no, yeah, it really no, wasn't. Yeah. And, and it's, So I, I take your point. You're quite right. A little thing. But actually, it's not really a little thing, is it? It's a massively important thing because this is obviously a really useful, strikes me as four miles to Nottingham City Centre from here. And it looks like, we're not going to ride it because I'm too tired. By the way, but it looks like it's probably a really nice ride along the canal, and you know you could probably use that if you lived out here and worked in the city centre to easily to get to work and back. But you've got to know it's there, you know. You've and because it takes you away from the regular roads that you're familiar with, you know, it almost feels like it's kind of halfway house between what you might do on a Sunday afternoon with the kids to get a bit of fresh air and actually being of use to people's everyday lives and everyday lives in terms of commuting. And it seems to it's kind of a nice resource, but doesn't quite what sort of thing it is really yeah. but also no lights no uh, no street lights which is so if you're a woman yeah. well probably a lot of people wouldn't want to cycle along here in at night time yeah in the dark which yeah. in the winter time is like four isn't it so we're just complaining aren't we? complaining. well it looks nice now and there's good sausage rolls so uh, but it's a beautiful spot we've got these lock keepers cottages we've got the lock here one canal kind of a t-junction with another and then this beautiful open space looks like playing fields but and then this lovely kind of path on this raised bank between the two it's really beautiful actually so yeah nice place to ride but um yeah more on road cycle lanes yeah. i think they've done they've done quite a lot in the city center though they've done yeah. a load of pop-up routes as part of the emergency Yet to travel fund so they implemented that last year and i think it was quite patchy there were some like painted bike lanes some bits of wands but nothing really continuous and then uh, a lot of back street kind of routes but then it seems like they're now kind of building on that in the city centre Ned and I came on this beautiful two-way cycle track from the station pretty much like I don't know how far it went it was a long way and then yeah they're kind of making more stuff permanent so yeah it seems like there's been a lot of change from what I've been reading and what I've seen but then yeah quite a long way to go especially in like areas like Beeston I guess it stops at the, between the city and the county. I think that's what okay. you've come along. So you've probably come along Castle Boulevard, yeah. where it's quite wide yeah. and it's like yeah. a two-way. And it's it, it's as wide as a car, isn't really it? Good. It's, really it good. is really good if you're into cycling. And that that's not used as much as it should be, but it is used a lot. But it's kind of as you come out of the city and you come into the county. So yeah, big shout out to the county council. You need to get your cycling heads on and get some money spent in the county because we do like cycling that here as well. So, but that's I was saying this to Laura on the ride. Like I was saying, I like thinking out loud as I often do. Really, I haven't reached a conclusion about this. But with some cycling infrastructure, the enemy of the g- no. Let me get this right. The no. Perfect so, is the enemy of. Well, that's the normal wisdom. Perfect is the enemy of the good. Yeah. But I actually think with some cycling infrastructure, good is the enemy of the useful. Right. <laughs> so, so you, it kind of needs to be perfect. You know. Mm. So it was perfect along Castle Boulevard for about a mile, and then you had to swap over to the other side of the road randomly and then you got lost with some tram lines and then it kind of pieced out and they gave up and that's probably that's probably exactly where you're talking about between the county and the city that's probably the border so unless unless you say it's not being used enough it's not being used enough because actually it's not useful because it's only like it only takes you about a mile long we were cycling up uh, when when uh, Mayor Richard did his attack up the the small yeah. hill, um, uh, the, over the bridge. There was there was um, we were we were looking because there's like a sign that said you could cycle along the pavement alongside, and you kind of you could imagine someone in their car behind you going, well, why aren't they using the the, the path or, or or whatever? And they'd be quite entitled to 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 do so, but it 
um, or, or it's quite logical to do so at least. And and that's that's because it's rubbish basically, and 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 it just sort of stops, you know. And then you're back on the road again, and it doesn't really add any value other than just getting you out of the way for about 200 meters. So that's the uh, that's the problem. I think the the county and the city thing is really interesting, Richard, because most people just don't care about that stuff do they like if you're just a punter and you're riding your bike you wouldn't know where the boundary was or, or not but it can make a massive difference to the kind of longevity of the routes well when you go on your bike that's the idea isn't it? you want to go on a bike ride not a bike stop and start unless mm. you're going through a donut or a um, sausage roll or a coffee or something like us like us but you just want to get on your bike and go for that continuous bike ride obviously stopping at red lights as the majority of cyclists do you know, even, if you, even for the mayor even yeah all the red lights got us which i knew the ward and we all did stop um it's one of them things isn't it it's a minority give the majority a bad name but sometimes, like you said, if, if it's not very clear and you do, you know it's a cycle path, but you go onto the pavement, next thing, it's all over social media. Oh, I've just seen the mayor riding on the path. Well, you haven't. It's a cycle path, but nobody knows. Yeah. So I can understand why some cyclists just stay on the road because it's just easier and you don't have to keep stopping and starting. So like you said, cycle paths are a good idea if they're marked right and if there's more of them. Yep. Yeah, absolutely in agreement. So, so about 18 months ago, Laura, we think that the... Um, Prime Minister was here. Yeah, with Dar- Darren Henry, the local MP, yeah. uh, who's also um, positive on cycling. We, we hear. Yes. And yeah, they did a ride, and um, and the mayor uh, um, Boris said that he wanted. I think at the time they had plans to do a load of pop-up lanes, like a lot of places did. They were going to do one over Trent Bridge, which is one of the city bridges, and he said he wanted that kind of thing to be made permanent eventually. Now Trent Bridge never happened. It was, I think, a neighbouring bridge, Clifton Bridge, became structurally unsound and then they had to like open all of the lanes for cars. But they are now, among other things, they're doing a whole new cycling and walking bridge over the River Trent, so they're consulting on that at the moment. Mm. So, yeah, but it's, I don't know, my impression um, from what I've read and what I've seen is that a lot of this stuff is quite new to Nottingham. Yeah. So it seems like they're moving quite quickly on, on stuff. But, um, yeah, also some te- trepidation, a lot of consultation. People have kind of said yes to a cycle lane and they say, OK, we're going to consult again on like what the designs are going to be. Yeah. And so, yeah, they're not used to doing it, but it does seem like they're kind of moving in the right direction. And, yeah, I don't know if Boris being here is, is kind of would, would have helped that. There's a bit of a, a, a genre almost of, of politicians, prime ministers, unveiling stuff. And they're always sort of in a, a, a sort of cycling as recreation mode, if you know what I mean, which isn't a bad thing. You know, I think people cycling for recreation, I do it all the time, uh, you know, with my kids and stuff is brilliant. And it's great to have facilities like that. But uh, Boris Johnson also did a photo call with, with Andy Street and they were on the canal towpath <laughs> and, and things like that. And I don't, you know, there's always this kind of photo opportunity yeah. next to a traffic free path, which mm. is which is great. But it probably me- it probably uh, indicates, isn't it, that there's there's often not not much other photogenic places to, yeah. to do it. Do you know, it makes me think of when um, when Boris launched his big cycle superhighway plans, like a billion pounds of uh, money for cycling in London, and Chris Boardman came along. This was maybe 2012 or something, just before he made Andrew Gilligan his cycling commissioner. And they rode along the Victorian Bankman, which was at the time a kind of dual carriageway. It was horrific to cycle on. You'd only ever like ride it when the London Marathon came through and it was closed but yeah they rode along this and he said oh we're going to have a two-way beautiful cycle superhighway along the river and it was like I remember standing there with a load of journalists and looking at this road and thinking it sounds nice but I can't actually imagine you're going to yeah. do it but then sure enough he did and now it's one of the best used cycle paths in the country so and how things changed because Chris Borman I think was wearing a 
uh, a sports jacket and a helmet at that oh, time. Yeah, he looked a lot younger. Yeah, I saw, I saw a picture. <laughs> I saw a picture of that. Maybe the cycling advocacy is, I don't know, anyway. I probably shouldn't Wait, say ages that. Ages <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. He's a busy guy. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I remember that. He was definitely wearing a British cycling sports jacket. <laughs> um, Richard, we're going to head up the path roughly. Where, where can we go from here? We can go wherever you want. It depends how long your legs can carry you for. But if, if you do follow this path from where we are, like I said, we're outside the Canal Side Heritage Centre at Beeston Islands. If you go one way, it takes you all the way into Nottingham along the canal and you come out near the uh, county ground and forest ground. And then if you go the other way, it takes you... Well, you come to the same point, but you're going along the River Trent. So one way's along the canal, one way's along the river. You can go either either. It's a big circle and it's a brilliant place to cycle. We just need to make it better to get people here. Who do you support? Can, um, uh, city or um, Notts County or, or sorry, Notts County or Notts, right. Nottingham Forest? As I'm here as the mayor today, I'm going to have to say both, aren't I? Because I don't want to upset anybody. All right, but, but this is this is this is audio only. So, wink if you support county. Wink if you support Forest. I I would say if I wasn't here as the mayor, I would definitely say Nottingham Forest. And I'm waiting for them to sign, send us a signed T-shirt so we can raffle it off and raise money for Broxdale Youth Homelessness as well. Oh, so good. I've got to say Forest. Very good, very good answer. <laughs> very good. Um, brilliant. Well, take us take us towards the city centre, Richard. Let's uh, let's see what we find. So we've just finished our, our ride and accompanying sausage rolls, which are very nice. Can attest to that. And well, they didn't accompany us on the ride, did they? they? Well, no, no, but they came with it, I guess. They were part of the ride. They were part of the ride. They were, in many ways, the best bit of the ride. <laughs> no, that's, that's unfair. No, no. Yeah, no, it was nice. Just... It's a bit sketchy going through... Um, Beast Hill. Yeah, yeah. Beast Hill. Once you get out onto the, um, the canal, though, it's um, lovely, isn't very, it? It's very, very nice. nice. Yeah. Uh, we, we were in Nottingham and we thought, let's... Because we're poetic uh, from a narrative point of view. So we, we saw that the Prime Minister had... Uh, launch gear change which we talk a, a lot about on this podcast the two billion pounds uh, for cycling and walking announced in july 2020 and we're at the bike projects shop uh, we've rendezvoused back here uh, it's where the prime minister himself did the announcement and i'm with the proprietor i'm with the proprietor uh, i can't say proprietor i'm with the owner are you the owner you are the, the owner. owner yes i'm with the owner and proprietor and proprietor <laughs> rodney rouse rodney um welcome to streets ahead yeah, the Prime Minister in the shop. What was it like? We did, yeah. It was all a bit surreal, to be honest. Um, it kind of came out of nowhere. We'd been open literally a couple of weeks at the time when we were approached. He was over in Nottingham opening a new council office, as well as launching the Bike to Work £50 voucher schemes. And we were approached to see if he could come along and launch it all here. So obviously, you know, being a new business, launching up in these difficult times, we were more than willing to... Uh, oblige and um how did those uh 50 pound vouchers go and how i guess more broadly lockdown wise when you had lots more um people cycling how's that impacted uh your business as a local bike shop well ironically adam we never actually took any of the vouchers <laughs> there was so much red tape uh and by which time certain other shops locally that were accepting them had uh sort of put the dampeners on it and with us being a new business we didn't have various uh, bits of information and meet the criteria that they were asking for and also we were so busy that we literally couldn't take any more bikes in even if we were um, we had a couple of people in that probably needed about 500 pounds worth of work doing with their bikes that had been sat in their garages for the last 20 years uh, thinking they were going to get everything turned around and come out with a new bike for £50. And then when we pointed out that they would need to put money towards it, 
they uh, kind of walked out the shop anyway. Uh, so yeah, it was a, a bit a bit of an odd story there, but uh, yeah, that's how it was, unfortunately. A bit awkward. But yeah, very awkward. Yeah, yeah, very awkward. <laughs> how how much have things changed in in Nottingham in the city? Because I know that there's there was a bunch of money for pop up lanes, and some of them are being made or have been made permanent. Yeah, so we had the the cycle superhighway that basically takes us from this end of town into Nottingham city centre itself. Uh, and then they launched the routes along the river and the canal that takes us into Nottingham as well. Uh, you can also go the total opposite way into Derby um, without passing cars, you know, on some of the, traf- uh, the paths that you saw earlier. So that's that's been good. They've made new sort of closed areas for cycling. Uh, there's been quite a bit of investment for kids. There's a few sort of kids cycling parks um where you they sort of teach pretend traffic lights pretend junctions things like that but um yeah other than that there's there's not been a great deal just yet we did get the the world's shortest cycle lane uh just up the road a couple of miles up the road that was about 20 meters long that caused a a few headlines and things when that was launched but uh apart from that not a great deal yeah we had that um mayor richard he went down uh there and took a picture of himself on it and said it was the world's shortest cycle lane and a lot of newspapers picked it up so it became this big sort of viral thing i think it was literally uh sort of half the length of our shop this cycle lane and we're as you can see we're not in a particularly big shop at the minute we were doing e-skeeters earlier with um super pedestrian and then link skeeters and um we will have going on a tram later probably um Nottingham for for transport it seems like it's got sort of quite a few options for people we always say like you need options to get people out of cars and stuff and it does feel like there are options here is that your your feeling too I would say so and there has been a big push our local MP's been sort of trying to organize groups and meetings sort of action meetings and there's a lot of development in the pipeline it'll just be a case of you know hoping that even a percentage of that comes to fruition and and we see it happen everything will be and we'll be in a much better place it, it depends who we're who we're trying to look at you know i think there's a big chunk of the market of commuters and it's a case of looking at ways of getting them out of motorized vehicles such as cars buses and onto bikes but then also the safety aspects for the existing cyclists as well and making it all safer for them that, that was going to be my question, actually. Do you get sense, you know, of the people who've been in your, in through your shop for the last 18 months or so, getting bikes out of sheds or maybe buying a new bike for the first time in, in a long time? Are they people who might go out for a bike ride along the canal on a Sunday with the family? Or are they people who are thinking, I live in Beeston, I work in the city centre, I need to get in and out and I'm going to try it on a bike? I think in the early days, there was a lot of people who were wanting to take a bike for leisure purposes. And sort of, especially if, if you think back to kind of lockdown one, when we were all allowed a, uh, what was it, an hour of power or whatever we called it, where you could go out for an hour's exercise on your own. I think that we definitely saw a lot of that at the, at the start. But more recently, there's been more people, I think people still not feeling confident on buses and crowded sort of communal areas. So they're looking at using their bikes or getting new bikes to commute and they're the people really we need to be looking at and how can we embrace that, make the roads safer and also bike storage. People are still worried about having their bikes stolen when they get to wherever their destination is. 
The um, the council told me that one of their new um, plans, they've got public realm improvements around the Broadmarsh area, which is near this train station. The Tish, and yeah. there's a bus station as yeah. well. And it's an old shopping centre that's being redeveloped, I that's, think. That's right. They told me they're doing a new 120-space cycle park due to open next year. Do you think... Do you think that's going to be well used? You're, you're smiling slightly. <laughs> I, I think if we if we see it, and uh, the the problem is the development of the shopping centre. The owner of that shopping centre, I think, went bust like 12, 18 months ago, and they ran out of money, and that's just sat as it was when the bulldozers first moved in. So I think the car park area and that area that the council are referring to will happen, but at the minute all you would step out onto is a building site so you know you've got parking at the train station and and around there anyway which is already well used so i don't know until the rest of that development takes place what else they're going to benefit from oh so when so when they say due to open next year maybe it was due to open but whether it will or not is you you're probably a bit yes well, it'll I mean, be open there'll be no shops to go to or whatever yeah the, i mean <laughs> the, the, the car the car park has now opened you know, and I, I can see, yes, there will be cycle parking alongside that. However, how well used that will be, given the surrounding area at the moment, <laughs> will, will remain to be seen. Have you been on the Carlton Road bike lane? I've not done the Carlton Road bike lane, no, oh. unfortunately. Okay, I was watching some videos from one of the local campaigners and they kind of, they took you along various of these routes during the first tranche. So when it was like painted lanes and a few kind of bollards and stuff, and um, it, it goes along Carlton Road, but then it turns off and it goes up an incredibly steep hill. And I think into the city centre was downhill and then it goes down It again. is a hilly part of yeah. town anyway, so it, you will inevitably get a couple of good climbs yeah. and descents around there. But the the cycle superhighway is is very similar. You know, it it's a great idea in principle, but I do wonder sometimes if the people that design the lanes have actually ridden a bike yeah, or same old story. been through it. Yeah. You know, you've got junctions dotted along, you've got cars pulling out and, and parking in the middle of it. Yeah. Most of the time you'll find you've got cars parked in it overnight. Yeah. Um so yeah, the the theory is good. I do think sometimes they need some sort of consultation with cyclists or people that actually use them before they finish these projects off though it's funny isn't it there's a double there's a kind of double standard because you wouldn't expect you wouldn't expect um roads to function like that like you wouldn't you expect roads to be comprehensible you know you don't expect to get behind the wheel of a car and drive to a city you don't know and go i don't even understand where i'm supposed to be putting the wheels you know where do i do i drive on this bit or do i drive yeah on that exactly bit? it's all it all kind of makes sense doesn't it? it's designed with the driver's clarity in mind it's incredibly important it's a huge consideration it doesn't apply to bike lanes yeah so laura and i you know we rode out to beeston from from the, the station and we're eulogizing about the segregated cycle lane as far as it lasts absolutely brilliant and then it just gets random it's just random i think sometimes you've got them segregated then it all of a sudden it goes which is fine when you together. know it right so if that's your regular commute at the end of week one you figured it out and you can kind of make sense of it but if you're complete strangers to Nottingham like we were it's just incoherent yeah no I, I totally agree with that it's it's it there is no sort of pattern uh, and I always think back you know when we used to go over to Belgium and places like that you've got a clear sort of regulated footpath cycle lane parking area and, and it's always in that pattern and then the the sort of traffic flowing section of the road and wherever you go in that country, that's how it is. Yeah. Whereas over here, you, you're never quite certain which bit you should be driving down, which bit you should be cycling down. Uh, and it often leads to 
arguments and uh, sort of some strange looks from people who yeah, you know your colleague there is uh, yeah, he's nodding his head along <laughs> like he's who doesn't that. doesn't understand <laughs> you know where where you should be during that that area yeah we had a little flirtation with some tram lines as well didn't we that with my little tiny my tiny folding bike wheels was a little bit sketchy well we should um we should probably go and have a have a go on the uh, on the tram as as the fi- probably the final part of our uh, integrated transport expedition uh, if you if you like so we'll uh, we'll we'll go and do that we'll we'll give up we've done the scooters we've done the bike so far and probably should go and do some trams uh, as well and i've had an electric car as well yeah the, all of the mix uh, today. We're going to do that. Thank you, Rodney. Thank you, Adam, guys. And uh, we will see you soon. We're at the tram station. Hold on. Oh. Oh, okay. okay. I'm going to do mine. What does it say? Please touch. Yes. Okay. Success. Very modern. I don't know why you're going there. We can stand. (laughs) He's over there instead. In a world of his own, that's what I'm like. It's a good tram, isn't it? Sorry? It's a good tram. We're doing a podcast about transport. Yeah, it is. Yeah, on the Yeah? Yeah. What do we think of the tram so far, Ned? Oh, it's good, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's very clean, it's very modern, very simple to understand. Even for, well, actually, yeah. <laughs> it is very simple to understand, but we managed to have found it enormously complicated. I don't quite know why. I think I paid. But, yeah, we think we paid with the contact listing. And very simply, just carry our Bromptons on, job done, isn't it? But yeah. you can't, you couldn't take your big bike on. Because no. you haven't got a folding bike, so. That I don't was, think yeah. so. There is the foldy seat no, area. A very clear sign there, oh, Laura, yeah. with a bicycle no. symbol. You can't eat and either. A red line through it, and you can't eat dogs or smoke cigarettes. Or have or burgers. Have, yeah. Yeah, it's quite that. strict, that, isn't it, for public transport? Yeah, so... I don't know if that's really necessary. I think you could probably get a bike from here. Or a dog. I or think a dog. dog. Yeah, yeah. Dog, the dog thing's a bit strange, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and burgers. Maybe they're worried that the dog's going to fall through. Yeah. Through the gap. Yeah, but Nottingham, I mean, you know, it's one of the few cities, isn't it, in, in, in the UK with a tram network. There aren't many. Gosh, there really aren't. And yet yeah, there used to be. We got rid of them all. And if you go to the, you know, Germany is a country I know very well. If you go to the equivalent of Germany, every, every city or town you know, worth its salt as a tram network. So, but it's, you know, what a, shouldn't be complaining about it really. It's nice, it's really nice. Yeah, it's lovely. I mean, economically, they're questionable, aren't they? Because they cost a fortune to build and maintain. And you kind of wonder. But but then again, they do they do intangible things like make city centres very attractive. Yeah, yeah. they are and, great fun. And yeah. access to employment and yeah, just so easy. On the whole, come on, trams are good. What, you know? Are we getting up at this stop? Yeah, uh, yeah okay. More bike parking there as well. Look. Oh, yeah. Bike parking at every spot. Yes. You, Adam. Laura, right at the beginning of the podcast, you said something really interesting about the tram lines being paid for by what exactly, or partly paid for, partly financed by 
What is it exactly? The workplace parking levy. Uh, so the workplace parking levy, basically they um, charge... Com- how, how does the workplace parking levy work? Uh, what are you asking me? <laughs> you researched it. No, uh, it works by uh, charging the, um, the employers. It's up to the employer, I think, whether they pass that on to their employees, but I think generally they absorb it. So it's, uh, it's some, they wouldn't call it a tax, but some sort of charge that if you have parking in the city centre that you pay, uh, the revenue from that, that um, charge goes into more sustainable transport options. Yeah. It's quite simple, really, and, and, and actually, you know, obviously not everyone loves it, but I think it's quite a palatable way to generate revenue to pay for the actual form of transport and that also, we need. And um, behaviour change. So it was introduced originally in 2012. Um, by 2018, when Carlton Reid covered this for Forbes, it had raised £61 million in revenue, money which was spent on measures like the tram, um, and uh, yeah, and reduced car use. And Nottingham was going to introduce an ultra low emission zone, or a low emission zone, or a clean air zone, as some cities call them. But they said that other measures, including workplace parking levy, had done enough to bring Nottingham's air pollution down to legal within the legal limits. They didn't have to do that. And this, as far as I understand it, as well, because I was listening to a debate about this. I think Southampton, I think, uh, are going to, or were trying to introduce the workplace levy, parking levy and meeting some resistance. I might have got that wrong. It might not have been Southampton, but I think it was. Other places are Other places failed. are trying. And, but the, I did hear in the debate that Nottingham is being hailed as a kind of um, uh, a, a master template because it has been successfully Im- yes. employed and I, here. And so it does sound a very progressive policy. Yeah, so, and yeah. it's nice. I, like, I should say, I mean, don't get me wrong, this is not a, a utopian no, city. No, but, it, but there's there are, things happening. And yeah, where, where we stood now, we've got, we, we've got... I've just seen three or four people on bikes, a couple on e-bikes go past. We're... There's a good dozen people waiting for this tram, you know, in the outskirts of, of urban stuff. Yes, we are next to a, a huge junction with a, a large farting no- motorbike going past. Um, but this is this is this is what you would describe as integrated transport. There are choices for people. It, it feels like it feels more continental European. It does. I mm. mean, maybe it's the presence of the tram, but it feels like there are options, there are choices, and there's um, there's some thought being put into it, and you can't say that of everywhere. So yeah. I've, yes. I've enjoyed my little trip to Nottingham. But go on, you've got some more facts and figures at your... Yeah. So um, for a, a business, each car parking space costs £428 per year per workplace parking oh. space. So, yeah, it's payable by the employer, um, and then some employers choose to reimburse them or all of the costs from the their employees um the cost of the workplace parking levy is going to increase uh, and during the life of the scheme they've expect they expect to raise an average of 12 million a year good it's on quite them amazing it's a huge amount of money good so that, that, that yeah. is, well, uh, you've got to get your electric we've got to get your electric bike eventually when we go back to find it in the car park you left oh, it's my electric car not my oh, sorry, electric electric, sorry electric car i had a bit of a uh, I was arriving at this sustainable transport event by Super Pedestrian and um, a, a clearly a council employee had parked in the only electric car bay with his Nissan Leaf and I got there with my Nissan Leaf and we had a, a sensible and polite discussion about whose charge was lowest and therefore who required it the, the most and um, uh, I mean that's a challenge in itself isn't it but I'm going to go and do that and we should should say thank you to Super Pedestrian for helping sponsor this episode it's yep. brought us to the delights of, of Nottingham and, uh, and and that's us, really. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Uh, share this with some friends. Until then, we'll see you next time. Cheers, bye. Bye. Bye.
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.